Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, July 21st edition of the MBOB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Merton, and I'm joined by my co-host here, Cole Shelton. Cole, like the summer's going by, man. July 21st already? Jeez. We just finished our, well, technically it's the third Fight Island event, although the second Fight Island hashtag, and now we have the fourth and final one, at least of July. There's still a chance there could be more events in August, uh, September. It's it's hard to say what's uh, going on right now. Like As far as that event goes next week, Right now, me and your attendant will be scheduled to preview that card next Tuesday, Cole, but we think it's going to be Vegas. We have no idea. So, honestly, looking ahead in August is really tough right now, but we'll just uh, stick to this card and uh, the last one here for today's show. So, Cole, lots to talk about, man. (laughs) A lot to talk about today. We're going to do the recap for Fight Island 2, and then we'll do the full preview, all 15 fights for UFC Fight Island 3, which, by the way, I'm sure you saw Ariel's tweet. It's the most fights in UFC history tied with UFC 2. And I don't even think all those fights were televised either. Like, I think some of them were dark matches. So, yeah, I mean, that that's 26 years ago. It was 1994 I checked today. So it's a long time. It's going to be a lot of fights. Should be a, a long night, a good night, I think, but a long night. I'm glad they are starting the card at 8 uh, p.m., Cole. I, I love that, man. I, that's what they should do going forward. I think you're going to agree with me on that one. Yeah, that Saturday's card, it was over before 11 o'clock. Like, perfect. It still allows people... I know you can't go to like bars or stuff right now, but at least you do it in the future and it still allows people where they can still watch and they can still go out on a Saturday night. Cause that's a lot of problem where a lot of my friends, they like going out on Saturday nights, but they're like, I'm not staying in until midnight to watch a UFC card. Like, so I think if they were to, if cards would be over by 10 30, 11, I think they'd gain a lot more viewers just cause then you still have some of the night to go out as well. Yeah, I agree with that. When I was your age, that was my situation too. I'm like, I have to watch these cards and I love them, but I also want to go. So luckily I was able to go to a lot of bars back in the day and watch fights too, which, you know, was the the perfect combo. But uh, I mean, for like the last bunch of years, at least, I've been covering them pretty much at home, which I don't mind. I mean, you're doing the same thing, obviously. Uh, kind of love these fights though, man. It should be a good card. But like I said, we'll start with Fire Island 2 and then we'll go to Fire Island 3. So maybe we'll get some more uh, viewers in here and some questions and stuff. Let's uh, talk about this card here, Cole. Honestly, a pretty good card, man. Uh, all the Fire Island cards have been pretty solid so far. This one was really good. Some nasty finishes. Start with the main event. Davison Figueredo becomes the new UFC men's flyweight champion. Defeats Joseph Benavidez. First round technical submission with the rear naked choke. This was just dominant, man. Three knockdowns. For some reason, um, UFC stats only says two knockdowns. Cole, he got knocked out three times. 100%. Anyone watch that fight knows that. So those stats are really wonky to me, by the way. But, uh, yeah, three uh, near submission attempts and then finally gets the rear naked choke. And, man, Benavides, that that angle he got the choke cold was so nasty. Like, the way his spine was twisted and his neck was just, you know, choked out cold. So, Mark Goddard got in there quickly, but uh, a little bit too late. So, yeah, Figueroa, dominant performance circle. Cool. Give me your thoughts on his performance, man. It looked incredible. Yeah, this was like you could make a case for a 10-7 there if it went. The, that was... There was not one second of that round that Benavides had success in. Like, figured out knocking down three times, had three, like, solid, like, look deep rear naked choke attempts. Somehow mm-hmm. Benavides got out. But that third one, or maybe third or fourth, I don't even remember how many submission attempts there were. But that, yeah. that last one was so tight. Like, and Benavides doesn't even tap, just goes out. Like, that was dominant from figuring out. Show the weight in the head, but had no impact because he did even better the second time around. Yeah, that first fight obviously had some controversy, although I feel like they played it up a lot too just to get the rematch. I mean, let's be honest. It, had he not missed weight, they probably wouldn't have did the rematch, in my opinion. Either way, he gets the job done, Cole. No controversy this time around. Figueroa is the legitimate champion here in this division. And, of course, he goes and calls out Henry Cejudo and Demetrius Johnson. Those fights aren't happening. You know, realistically, I think Askar Askarov, who won earlier on the card, could get the shot, or Brandon Moreno. Both those guys make sense to me, Cole. Uh, I know they're not, like, big, sexy fights, but they're fun fights. And I think Figueredo right now is proving to be a real force, man. Other than that loss to Formiga, which really still surprised me when you look back at it. There could be a guy like that who just grapples him. But as far as, like, striking goes, I don't see anyone being able to stand and bang with this guy because he clearly has the most power in this division, Cole. And to me... He might be the hardest pound-for-pound punch in the sport right now. I mean, what he did in this fight was incredible. So what do you think is next for him? I think that someone that you didn't mention, I think you go Alex Perez. Because okay, yeah, I didn't mention him. He's number five. Because Perez and Moreno both coming off wins of Formiga, but Perez finished him. 
And then if you do Alex Perez, it gives you the opportunity to, on the same card, have Askarov Moreno too, because they fought to a draw. Mm -hmm. And that's just me more. I just want to see that fight again. So I want to see them rematch. But I think it makes sense. I think it's one of those three you can put in whoever, and I don't think any fans would complain and say, oh, this guy deserves the shot. They're kind of all equal in my mind. Like, if they give it to Askarov, I wouldn't complain. If they give it to Moreno, I wouldn't complain. If they give it to Perez, I wouldn't complain. It's all... But I think Figueroa is going to be the champ for a long time. Like his power for twenty five is insane. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's nineteen and one now, if I'm mistaken. Yeah, uh, eleven wins by stop. No, sixteen. Uh, yeah, nineteen and one with sixteen wins by either knock or submission. So I mean, this guy is a—he's an absolute stud, man. He really is. But yeah, I think your idea sounded pretty solid to me, Cole. Um, I wouldn't mind the, that fight against Alex Perez. That's a fight that makes sense to me. So I'd watch that one. By the way. That Marino Asparov fight, I don't know how that didn't win fight. I know Asparza Grasso on the same card was like a pretty good women's fight. Moreno and Askarov was like a tremendous fight here, man. Yeah, that was phenomenal. That's why I want to see it again. I think you could make the case that to run it back, but maybe you maybe the UFC wants to hold on to that and run it back once one of them are possibly a champion. So I could see them not wanting to run it back right now, but it it was a draw, so it makes sense to run it back. Yeah. And for Benavidez, obviously a lot of like support coming his way. Um, you know, people talking about him being maybe like the best non-champion ever. I mean, it's possible. He's up there for sure, I think. Um, you know, great guy, obviously. Uh, I feel like more people are talking about him losing than Figueroa, like winning. So I think Figueroa should get way more credit from this win and the other win too, actually. But uh, no doubt Benavides is a great fighter. I saw your article on uh, MMA News Call. So that was a good piece that you guys should check out. But uh, what's next for him? I mean, it's hard to say. He could, if he wanted to, he could retire. I don't think he will because he's a competitor. I think he'll stick around. I don't know what he does, though. Does he stay 125? Does he move back to 135 where he did have a lot of success in the past before Flyway was created? Possibly. I don't know. Like, is it worth cutting down to 125 uh, just to fight guys that are – honestly, I mean, if you fought Alexander Patoja right now, that's a tough fight, man. That's the kind of fight you get. A guy like Askar Askarov, that's a tough fight, Cole. Like, I love Benavides. Again, one of the best never to win a belt in the UFC, but – I kind of feel like his time as a top guy is done, Cole. He's 35 now. He's a flyweight. That's that's a tough age for that division. You know, you see guys like Eddie Wineland and stuff like that, like the older guys in this division, they're slowing down, man. And Benavides could be like that too. So what do you think? One, do you think he fights again? It's going to be a 125-135. I think it's going to be a 125. But after the event, he's saying he doesn't want to go out like that and he just wants to end on a win. But that's when you get really dangerous, yeah. where you lose another one. Then you're like, oh, I'm going again. Then you lose another one. And then all of a sudden, you're on like a four-fight losing streak, and then you just keep on taking this unnecessary damage. Mm -hmm. I hope the UFC just says, we'll give you one more win or lose. This is it for you. Just to like, he's a guy that's been in a lot of wars. He's taken a lot of damage. Just Because yeah. that's the thing where I hate about fighters. They go, I want to end off a win. Then all of a sudden, they've been knocked out like three straight fights in a row. And there's a lot of heavy hitters at 125. I think Benavidez would be in trouble. Like a Kai Care France hits really hard. A Tyson Nam hits really hard. Like there's a lot of guys that I think would be problems for him. So I'd want to see the UFC set him up with a favorable matchup. Someone of like lower down the rankings, just get him a win and then he can ride off in his sunset and a win. Yeah, I don't know who it'd be. I mean, for me it would be perfect, but he's already, I think, beat him twice, right? So I don't know, man. There's not many like there's not many two uh, veterans in this division. Like it's a lot of younger guys. Up and coming guys, Tyson Nam, I think, is the oldest guy at 36. But I like that could be a tough matchup. Benavides, he probably would be favored just based on his body of work, Cole. But after that knockout win over, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but the, the newcomer guy that Nam knocked out in like the devastating fashion, like he that, that man, that'd be a reckless fight, I think, for Benavides. Take I don't think he'll take that fight, Cole. So I, I'm, I'm serious, I think 135 could be the move because there's a lot more older guys in that division, like you know. Eddie Wineland, I mean, that'd be a fun fight, like a WEC fight. Like, that'd be a good retirement fight, possibly, for both guys, too, Cool, You know, something like that. Um, maybe a re – I mean, this is kind of crazy. How about a rematch with Dominic Cruz? You know, like, Cruz is old. He didn't look great in his last fight, in my opinion. And, uh, I, I mean, I'm sure he'd be favored to win that fight, but it'd be interesting. They had a really good fight back in the day in WEC. Anyways, let's go through the rest of the card here, Cole. Uh Next up, we had Jack Hermanson defeat Kevin Gaskell with the heel hook. He didn't get a bonus, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. But, uh, I mean, when when you have, like, special performances like this, why not just give an extra bonus? Though? Like, how do you not give him a bonus? I don't get it. Anyways, he looked great, and he called out the winner of Till Whitaker. I don't know if he gets that fight. 
I still feel like the winner of that fight probably gets the next title shot just based on name value. We'll talk about that fight in, you know, 40 minutes from now or so. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for Hermanson, it sets him up for a big fight. Uh, he obviously lost to Cannoneer before this. So, you know, he even said, I think Cannoneer should be next for the title shot. He should be, Cole. But I'll be honest, like, I feel like um, Cannoneer, I don't know how much the UFC, like, views him as, like, a star, you know? I think if Till or Whitaker, Till, if Till wins that fight, I think he'll get yeah. the shot. So, Cannoneer, based on his body of work at middleweight, should get it. I don't know if he does. But as far as Hermanson goes, I mean, clearly a top, I guess, borderline top five guy, really, when you think about it, Cole. Yeah, I think, like, with, I think you could do Cannoneer. I think Cannoneer versus the winner of Whitaker Till makes a lot more sense than Hermanson. Just because Canny, I think he's gonna need one more win, especially if Till wins, or if, if sorry, if Whitaker wins, I don't think they're gonna give Whitaker out of sound right away. Whitaker, Canny are supposed to fight at uh, two forty eight, so you could easily just run that back and then just say winner that gets a title shot. Yeah, I think for Hermanson, like maybe you do like the winner of Yoel Romero, Uriah Hall, or maybe like Edwin Shabazz and Derek Brunson winner. I still think he needs a few more wins before he gets to that top three that he's talking about, just because. He got knocked out of the last night. I still think he needs probably two, three more wins. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, just going down the rest of the card, here, Cole. Next fight, man, what a fight. Rafael Fiziev picks up the upset win here over Mark Diakiesi. Unanimous decision, Cole. I mean, great fight. He won the first two rounds. I think he lost the last one. But the first two rounds were like, man, some of these body kicks this guy threw were just absolutely devastating. Uh, the sound you could hear because there's no fans in the audience. You could really hear those kicks. I love this fight, Cole. I'll be honest, man. I was just like, wow, this is why I love MMA for fights like this. What do you think of this fight, man? Yeah, this fight was amazing. Fiziev, the way he blocks those kicks, just like leading back, like, oh my, this guy is something special. Put him in against any striker at 155 and you're in for a great fight. Like I was saying on Twitter, I mean, dream fight, Edson Barboza against this guy. I don't know if it happens because Barboza, he's kind of like at the crossroads of his career. I don't think he'd take this fight, but man, that'd be a fun fight to watch. We should get to some comments here from Kenshiro. Benny fought the same way 14 years. He could easily wrestle and clinch Figueredo, but he kept his usual stand-up routine, which got figured out by everyone already. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he did the same thing in the first fight, Cole, and I was like, okay, maybe he can make the adjustment and just go to his wrestling, but I don't even think it would have worked, man. I think Figueredo would have shrugged him off and just outstruck him anyways. Benny too old and slow for his usual fighting style, just like Dominic Cruz got old and slow too. There you go. Do that fight. Straight wager. What's going on? If Tyson is too dangerous for him, he should retire. Nam could have been caught with a loss his last fight. I like again. I think Benavides probably is the favorite if, against Tyson Nam based on his body of work, but that's a dangerous fight, man. Just based on styles, because if Benavides keeps it on the feet, he could get knocked out in brutal fashion yet again. I think his chin's gone, Cole. I'll be honest, man. The way he got dropped in this fight, I think his chin's gone. He's been around forever, man. He's been fighting for a long time. Wasn't that first one didn't even look. I know. It was just like a little quick cross right, and it just put him down. And then after that, it was like every single time Theodore landed his right hand, he was not on knocking him down. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, next fight in the card, Arian Lipsky defeats Luana Carolina. Man, this knee bar, nastiest knee bar I think I've ever seen in May. Devastating. I know that Carolina, uh, I think she tore her meniscus in her knee. She'll be out for a while, man. I mean, this was brutal. So a huge win for Lipsky, Cole. I, I did like her in this fight. I'll be honest. I thought Carolina, just stylistically, this was a great fight. Because I thought it was going to stay in the feet and she was going to strike her. I didn't see the fight going to the mat. Well, getting the knee bar from that calf slice. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. So she deserved a bonus, man. She got it and well-deserved. And I know she's kind of struggled in the UFC a little bit with 2-2 two two record. But I think she's kind of putting it together now, Cole. And, dude, she's got all the makings of a star, man. She's a really good-looking chick. She can fight. Like, this is the kind of fighter the UFC wants with her and Amanda Rebus, like the UFC women's division in Brazil is is great. So I was really impressed by Lipsky, man. What'd you think? Yeah, that was. I thought this was a stand up fight. Yeah, I thought it was a really close fight, but man, I did not expect a knee bar by Aaron Lipsky. Like, but this is what they need to do. They need to give her girls like this. Like her first two fights were Joanna Calderwood and Molly McCann. Like those are way too step high step ups. They need to slow build her because I still think she would be. Someone that gets ranked in the UFC eventually, but they need to give her these fights. Like her last two fights, like you can't just be rushing just because that's what the UFC does. Like they rush, they try to rush Paige Van Zandt, they try to rush all these um, girls that they think can be stars. But you, you just got to slow build them because in the long run, it'll pay off more than just trying to rush them right up to the top. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, just going through the rest of the card, Cole, because we actually have 15 fights to break down in a few minutes. 
Askar Askarov defeats Pantoja. Decision. I thought he deserved it. Um, yeah. Gave him the last two rounds, if I'm not mistaken. So he looked good. Great fight. Um, I, I should have mentioned Fiziev and DKS. He obviously won fight of the night. They deserved it. Going down to the prelims, though, uh, Dolizzi against Ibrahimov. He went for a kick and knocked the guy out with a knee. It was brutal. Um, poor guy, man. He got knocked out bad. And, like, it felt like no one came to his, like, uh, attention for, like, a few Oh, I know. He was, like, lying there. Like, he got brutally knocked out. Like, no one even went up to him. And then that guy was, like, yelling at him. I mean, you already won the fight, bro. Like, what are you doing? I, I just don't – after the fight's over, cool, I kind of don't love that sh- this stuff, you know, but it is what it is. It's the fight game. I understand that. So, Delizzi looked good. Uh, Dawson defeats Nairmany. Um, Thought he'd probably get the finish in this fight, but Nairmany's pretty durable. Good submission defense was able to go the distance. Dawson, though, is definitely a good prospect if he stays at 145. Um, next up, big upside here, Joel Alvarez defeats Joseph Duffy. And we both said the line was too long, but I still wouldn't have picked Alvarez. Man, what a great win for this guy. He needed it. Two and one now in the UFC. Joseph Duffy retires, Cole. It's kind of surprising, man. But three straight losses. He hasn't won a fight in three years. So he retires. Uh, four and three, four and four overall record in the UFC. Honestly, after the first couple of fights he had in the UFC, I thought this guy was going to go for a run with the belt. Uh, when he beat, uh, I know it was, I know it was just Jake Lindsay and Ivan George, and they're not good fighters. But the way he ran through those guys, and knowing he had a win over Connor not too long before that. A lot of us thought this guy was going to make a run, but never was able to put together a call. I don't know what happened. I know he went to TriStar. Maybe it wasn't the right camp for him. I have no idea, but retires after this uh, this loss here. A- any thoughts on those fights? Yeah, that Duffy fight. Like, I think it's more he – I think he was going to get cut anyways. I don't think he wanted to fight anywhere else, so that's kind of why he retired. Um, Grant Dawson looked good. I thought he was going to get finished, especially because Mike Grady finished Naramani. I thought uh, – Dawson be able to submit him. I think in the third round, if he took him down again, he probably would have. But he just, I think, really wanted to work in his stand up, which if you're that far ahead, it's good. But um, Brett Johns, too, looked really good. I didn't expect him to beat Montel Jackson. That's a good win for him. He's only lost to those top guys. So he's someone to watch out for a bantamweight. Yep. And there's quite a few rest of the card. Brett Johns picking up the upset over Montel Jackson. Amir Albazi picking up a nice win over Malcolm Gordon. Armitor Suki, and this guy looked amazing against Davey Ramos. Like, this guy is so fast, man. He is great to watch. Definitely a guy to look for in this division going forward. And finally, Sergey Spivak defeats Carlos Felipe. Majority decision, terrible heavyweight fight, as we expected, Cole. So, overall, I think it was a great card, though. I mean, that first fight sucked. But after that, it was a really good card, I thought. And, uh, yeah, that Tarsuki guy, though, man, he, he's solid, Cole. Yeah, he's going to be a problem for – down, like he's only 23. He got a rough first fight at Islam Jeff, but he's looked really good since then. I agree. Okay, let's get some comments, and then we'll get to the UFC Fight Island 3 15 fights preview. All right, Damon Blackburn, what's up, guys? Hey, Damon, how's it going? Damon had a comment here about uh, Composure wouldn't even throw. He was done after he didn't get the subs. Yeah, he did gas himself out a bit, which for a flyweight, it's not great, but Askarov's a tough fight, man. By the way, the line got to like one, plus 175 for Askarov at close. That was a pick of five picked Askarov. Yeah. I, I I was shocked he got that big of an underdog. Like as an undefeated guy, it's crazy. Kevin Scott, hey Kevin. Oh, he asked about D well, I'll answer it now, anyways. If DC beats Steve retires, who does Francis fight for the vacant belt? I mean, that's a great question to ask. He's pretty much beaten everyone. I <laughs> I guess a third fight with Blades. That's what I think. Like who else you can't do anyone else. I I yeah, I mean just try to think like who else is really available? Like <laughs> over him, he's already knocked him out. <laughs> Maybe, maybe if Lewis beats a winning, maybe do Lewis Francis too. I think that fight again, just because Lewis did win the fight, and that's a fight, you know, was awful to watch, but I think a rematch would actually be better. And Kevin's other question, who's next for Volk and 145? Great question. I mean, obviously, Cater wants it, but I don't think he'll get it. I think it's going to be Korean Zombie, man. What do you think, Cole? I think it's Korean Zombie, too. I don't know why Brian Ortega is still so high-ranked. He hasn't fought since December 2018. It's just weird how like inconsistent that is in the rankings. Like some yeah, guys, some know. people they take out after like four months, and then they have Ortega as who's coming into like almost two two years at the end of this year. No, like I know Cruz was in there for like three years. Cole after he retired, it's, even Cain Velasquez was in there for a while. Uh, what else here? Ken sure I had a nice parlay and Brett Johns and Alvarez to be Duffy and Live Band the dogs too. Send, show your bet slips. Let's see those, man. You're always getting these underdogs, dude. Let's let's see it. All right, uh, we'll get to the UFC final three, Cole. Uh, man, 15 fights. It's going to be a long breakdown here, guys, but bear with us. It's going to be fun. I mean, there's some good fights in this card. 
So let's start with the first fight on the card and work our way up. Should mention seven fight main card, which is rare. They don't really do that that often. UFC 144. That was in Japan. I think that was seven fights. I'm just checking. I'm pretty sure that and that was a pay per view. Yes, that had seven fights. That was the same one. Uh, the card where Tim Bosch knocked out Okami and Hunt knocked out Congo, Bader Jackson, Henderson, Edgar. The rematch. By the way, just quickly. You know when you talk about uh, Holloway potentially getting a rematch after the two straight losses, right? It really reminds me, if you look back, at Edgar versus Benson Henderson because he lost the first fight kind of clearly. The second fight, a lot of people thought Edgar won, just like Holloway, but they didn't give him another title shot. But they did let him fight for the belt, I think, at 150, uh, 145 against Aldo. So Max is a guy that UFC loves. Maybe at some point, especially if Habib retired, I'm not saying he should retire, but if he chose to, which it's, I think it's on the table, Cole, honestly, considering his dad just thought he's already rich. He made like, what, 60 million last year? Like, does he even need to fight anymore? I don't know. Like, I know he's wanted to build his legacy. But has, if that happens, Max could be a guy that I think could move up at some point and, and fight for that belt. But, you know, that, by the way, that just reminded me of Edgar and, and Henderson. But uh, came to this card here, start with the uh, opening fight on the card. It is a bandweight belt between Nathaniel, the prospect Wood, and John Castaneda. And right now we have Nathaniel Wood is a favorite at minus 425, and Castaneda is plus 340. He took the fight show notice. Cole, who's your pick for the first fight of UFC Fight Three? I think you have to go Nathaniel Wood. That last one, tough loss to John Dodson. We learned it before that. Submitted uh, Quinones, submitted Andre Uwell. All he does is submit guys, submit Johnny Eduardo. And then he has some good knockout wins in Cage Warriors. John Casanato's taking this fight on short notice. He's a guy that probably should have been in the UFC before. He had some good wins in Combate. He like beat Gustavo, Gustavo Lopez. He's on a big winning streak. And then he, but he's one and two in his last three fights. He uh, lost to Jose Alde, which is one of Combate's top guys. But I just think Wood is going to be the better everywhere. I think he's going to take this down to the ground. I think he'll be able to submit Casanata or just a ground pound TKO. I know uh, has only been finished once, but I just think Wood is a lot better than anyone's Castaneda has faced. Yeah, you got to go with Nathaniel Wood here, obviously. I mean, the guy's still a top prospect. He had a tough loss, though. That loss surprised me, I'll be honest. Like, that's one of the more surprising losses, I think, this year. I, I thought he for sure he'd beat John Dodson at that point of his career, but got knocked out. Having said that, Cole, before that, he had won eight straight fights with some really nice wins over guys like Eduardo and Ewell, who are solid fighters. Stopped them. Most of his wins are by stoppage. He's still young, man. He's only 26. So this is a guy that is still going to go far, I think, in the UFC. The loss to Dodson does worry me, but I still think, like, this is going to be way too much for Castaneda. Like, we got to keep in mind, he was supposed to fight Umar Nurmagomedov. That would have been a much tougher fight, I think. I probably would have picked Umar to win that fight. Most people would have, I believe. But uh, Castaneda, 17-4 and record, Cole here, making his debut on short notice. He's a Kombachi guy. He does have a couple notable wins. He beat uh, Gustavo Lopez, who just fought Morab de Valsfili, so that's a solid win. But uh, mostly he's kind of fought like lower-ranked guys um, down in Kabachi, uh King of the Cage. He did fight on RFA with uh, a card headlined by Jay Collier, who's also fighting this card, which is really random. But, uh, you know, Cole, he's lost two of his last three fights. Like, I think this guy's really lucky he's in the UFC right now. He is making some money. I'm glad the guy's got a job again because I don't I don't think of actually holding a bet. So, you know, he took the fight short road. It's good for him, but I can't see this going well for this guy, man. I think Wade probably submits him. I know he's only been knocked out once. He's never been submitted, but I think Wade could probably get, get him to the ground and tap him out cool. So that's kind of my, where I'm leaning here with this fight. Then Wade by stoppage. Having said that, minus 425 is a hefty price to pay for a guy that just got knocked out in his last fight. So I think about it. I know people will probably just parlay him anyways, but he should win, Cole. I'm just saying, like, you never know. I mean, that's that's the thing with the sport. It's so unpredictable. All right, next up, we have a welterweight belt between Mamazan Amiv and Nicholas Stolze, who's also making his UFC debut. And right now, Amiv, a big favorite, minus 380. Stolze, plus 315. Who's your pick? I have to go with Ramazan Amiv, but I don't love these odds. I wouldn't bet this at this price. I think all the value is on, is on Stolze's. Like, you know, I've fought since November last year, lost to Anthony Rocco Martin. But he does have some good wins, like Antoli Tokov, Sam Alvey. He's beaten some okay guys, but uh, Stolze, obviously UFC debut. I'm pretty sure he's taking this fight on short notice, because wasn't uh, it was Rachmanov was supposed to be Amiv's original opponent. So I just think Amiv's a bit better everywhere. He, I think he'll get a decision win, but I don't think you can lay the chalk on him. 
again, a hefty price to pay for a guy that should win the fight. But the thing about these, we were talking about it like in a DM call the other day. These cards right now are tough to pick because there's a lot of these newcomers we have no idea about, and there's not much tape available in these guys. And they come in the UFC and they look amazing, like Munar Lazares, who did have tape. I didn't think he looked that great in tape. He looked incredible in his UFC debut. So this guy Stolzy, I mean, you look at his record, twelve and three. It's not great by any means, but cool. I mean, it's a guy in a four fight win streak, and he's mostly finishing his opponents. Who knows? Maybe he comes in here as a great performance, man, against Amiv. I doubt it though. I mean, Amiv is solid, eighteen and four. He before losing to Rocco Martin, had won three straight fights in the UFC, including a fight against Sam Elby at middleweight. So he's a guy that's bounced back between 175 and 185, but seems to have settled on 170. I mean, you look at the body work, he has a much better body work. He's fought better competition. He's gotten some decent wins, but he is 33, Cole, a little bit older. So who knows? I mean, he's six years older. Like that definitely plays a factor in these fights, guys. So definitely a meet I'm going to pick him here, Cole. He probably, I think, grinds out. Uh, Solzy just outpoints them, wins a decision here, but you're kind of playing with fire by, I think, betting at minus 380 because we don't know much about Stolzy. And right now, it's, like I said, guys, there's a lot of guys fighting on short notice and they have nothing to lose. They're coming in here and having great performances. This could be a spot like that, but my pick's still going to be a move by decision. All right, next up, we have a uh, women's bandway fight <laughs> between Betts Korea and Panny Kanzad. I think probably the weakest fight in the card. But we'll see. I mean, who knows? Maybe it could be fun. I mean, if they just stand and bang, it could be entertaining. But uh, right now we got Kianzad, slight favorite, minus 155. Bets Korea, plus 135. Who's your pick? Uh, don't bet this fight at all. Like, you can't bet on too low level. Like, this is – I have to go with Penny Kianzad just because this is more a fate on Bets Korea. I don't trust Bets Korea. She hasn't looked good lately. 37 years old. I know she won her last fight against Jari Eubanks, which was – Kind of surprising, but before that, lost to Aldana, lost to Holm, draw against Renault, beat a split over Jessica Iver. I think a lot of people thought, oh, he won that fight, and then lost to Rousey Pennington. Mm-hmm. She's been on a slide. Penny Keane's had just coming off a win over Jessica Rose Clark. Obviously, it's good to get a win. She's won it, or she's one and two in the UFC, so it's hard to bet her, but I just think she's a bit better boxer. I think this fight's going to be a stand-up. I think she can edge her decision, but no way you can bet on either of them. Yeah, this is a tough fight to call, I think. Honestly, I kind of lean towards Betch. I don't know if I could actually put money on Betch, but I kind of lean towards her here, Cole. i got to be honest. I just think she can outpoint out uh, Kansai win decision. That's kind of how I see the fight going. You look at Korea's losses, Cole. They're nothing to really write home about. Like, Arena Aldana, Holly Holm, Raquel Penny, and Ronda Rousey. Four of, like, arguably the best women's fighters in the sport now and before. So, they're not bad losses. Her wins aren't great, though, but... You know, coming off the win over Eubanks, that was a solid win for Cole. And I think she showed good form in that fight. Kianzad, I haven't been impressed with her at all in the UFC. Um, she did come off that win over Rose Clark. I did predict her to win that fight. But overall, I mean, to me, she has been kind of disappointed in the UFC over two different stints. Um, I don't know. I kind of lean towards uh, Batch to win, like I said, just the decision. But do I have interest in betting on this fight? Not really. <laughs> I got to be honest, it's tempting, but I don't know, man. I just, you work so hard for your money. Do you really want Best Korea to be the one riding on? I don't know. <laughs> like, that's what I was <laughs> All right. Anyway, Bo, next call. This is a fun one. Tanner Boaster returning really uh, quick after his last knockout win over Philly Plains against Rafael Pessoa. So he's going to look to knock out another lower level Brazilian heavyweight. And right now we got Boaster, the bulldozer, minus 250. Pessoa plus 210. Who's your pick? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Both of them, they're both only UFC losses. Artisio gone, Bozo in the distance, Pessoa got submitted. But um, I know Bozer didn't get much of a camp just because when he got back to Canada, he had to quarantine two weeks. So I know, I know what you're saying to James, he only got about three days, but really, that doesn't really impact me that much because I'm still paying Tanner Bozer just because he had that full camp of Philippe Lins. He had a fight against Philippe Lins, so he was already in shape. Like, And then he said he was just running around in the park and whatnot, but that's what he said. He said he's been a fighter for so long. All he needs is his cardio, and I think his cardio is still going to be there. I think he's going to really attack the leg kicks like he normally does. I don't expect him to finish uh, Rafael Pessoa. I think this fight's going the distance, but I suspect Terrible's will edge a decision because I think this fight's going to be a stand-up fight, and I favor Bozer on the feet. After that last fight, you have to fear Bozer. He looked great against Lins, man. That was a nasty knockout. Just really good te- striking technique. And we know he, for a heavyweight, has good cardio, good durability. 
There's a lot to like about Tanner Boser. Um, that loss to Gone was somewhat competitive. Cool. I mean, Gone is a guy I'm really high. I know you are too, cool. Uh, Pessoa, he obviously had the loss to Gone, uh, to Gone as well. But, you know, he did surprise against Jeff Hughes. He won that fight. A lot of people counted him out. I didn't think he win. He won that fight. Jeff Hughes is not uh, anything special at this point. But at one point, was a really solid prospect. Um, other than that, I mean, this guy is knocked out almost everyone he's fought. So it's a heavyweight belt. You always have a risk of knockout. And Boser has been KO'd before. Uh, Tim Haig, the late Tim Haig, knocked him out. So you never know. I mean, you could get caught, but I think more, more than likely he just kind of evades the bombs and uh, out kicks this guy, keeps a distance, and then eventually once Pessoa tires, I think he probably moves in and maybe stops him cool. It's either going to be a TKO or, or a decision. It could be a decision too. Pessoa is pretty durable. So my pick's going to be Boser. Um, I do like him quite a bit here, Cole. So I, I think this is a guy you could consider uh, to play. But again, it's heavyweight, guys. So careful because heavyweight fights have a lot of variants and uh, they're not easy to predict. But I just I like this matchup with Boaster quite a bit. I just don't see much uh, to like about Pussel on the spot. All right, next up, another fight here uh, that's interesting. Featherweights, Mobsfar of Love and Mike Grundy. Fun fight, Cole. I think this fight could easily be higher in the card. Really fun fight. Mobster a lot of minus one ninety five. Mike Grundy plus one sixty. Who's your pick? I'm going with the underdog and Mike Grundy. I just been really impressed with him coming off a big knockout win over Nat Armani, and we saw Armani's toughness against Grant Dawson. Evelyn's two wins this year is Sung Woo Choi and Enrique Barzola. Those are guys I'm not too high on, especially Barzola. It looked like a good win at the time. Now not so much. He hasn't fought since October of last year. Uh, but Grundy was even worse. Like he hasn't fought in over a year. So both of the guys are coming off some long layoffs which i don't love but i just think grundy he's been a guy in darren till's camp he's been working with till a lot i just think his wrestling mobs are evil loves to use his wrestling but i think grundy is the better wrestling we saw him with world championships he's a high level wrestler and on the feed he has the power to ko anyone i think evil loves whole game plan how he beats people is to take people down i don't think he would do that against grundy on the feed i just think he'll be able to piece him up i think grundy will get a decision win here yeah, it's going to be a great fight. I'm looking forward to see what happens. I think the winner gets a serious step forward. I would assume that featherweight. Tough fight to call, honestly. I think it's a. I think it's close to a pick em fight, so really the value probably is on Grundy, so I can definitely see why you're taking him here. I still kind of leave a vlog, though, just based on a few things. First off, the age, 26 compared to 33. I think that's a big factor in this fight, potentially. The wrestling, I'm really high on this guy's wrestling, man. He can just grind you out. Like, he's not, you know, Kameyev or Habib or anything like that, but he can grind guys out. That's what he's kind of did so far. Push them against the fence, just neutralize them. Grundy definitely has more finishing potential, I think, in this fight, but Vlov, he's proven he can go that hard 50 minutes, just push guys against the fence, take them down, beat them up, win decisions, outstrike them a little bit. So close fight, competitive, definitely underdog potential here, but I'm still going to leave Vlov by decision to win the fight. All right, next up. It's a, is it heavyweight? Yeah, it's heavyweight fight. Jake yeah. Collier, wow, he's moving up. I'm pretty sure he used to fight at middleweight at one point. Yeah, like, yeah, that's crazy. So, Jay Collier against Tom Aspinall here. Uh, Jay Collier hasn't fought in like what three years? Yeah, three years. Crazy. Aspinall making his debut, and right now we have Aspinall minus two twenty. Collier plus one eighty. What do you think of this fight, Cole? I think you have to go with Aspinall. Collier hasn't fought since November eleventh of twenty seventeen. He's used to be a middleweight, moved up to light heavyweight. And he went one and one, lost Devin Clark and beat Marcel uh, Fortuna, which is not a good win. Aspinall's been looking good on Cage Warriors, three straight uh, finish wins. He does have a loss, his last loss because he threw an illegal elbow, but I just don't like Collier moving up from middleweight to heavyweight. I think he's going to be, we've seen guys move up to heavyweight and they have that gut and they don't look as physically good and their cardio's there. Especially now fighting for three years, you don't really know what call there he's going to get. So I'll take Aspinall. I'll even say, I'll even pick Aspinall to get a TKO win. Yeah, you got to lean towards Aspinall, I believe, in this fight as well. Just based on, first off, you have to fade Collier coming off a three year layoff. I mean, that's just standard in this sport, man. You fade guys coming off long layoffs. So that's a knock against him. He's a little bit older as well. Aspinall, though, he's not really proven in the UFC yet, though. Like, Collier does have three wins in the UFC. So he's pretty hanging with lower level guys, but again, three year layoff, moving up to heavyweight. It, it, there's too many things going against him here that I can't pick him. But again, Cole, low level heavyweights. Aspinall, I've heard really good things about. He has won his last three fights. He knocks all his guy uh, opponents out. But who knows? I mean, maybe he comes in here and he, he gets upset. So it's 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 a heavyweight fight between two low level guys. I mean, you're again playing with fire a little bit, but I still gotta go with Aspinall. 
I think he does win the fight. Probably knocks out Collier, if I had to guess. But, uh, I mean, we'll see, Cole. Um, should be interesting to watch. If Aspinall does win, though, and it's impressive, he's a guy the UST could kind of push forward quickly because they need, like, a heavyweight from that region. That'd be that'd be nice for the English uh, fans to have someone like that. All right, next up, we got an uh, interesting fight here at Welchweight between your boy Jesse Ronson and Nicholas Dalby. Right now we got uh, Dalby minus 265, Ronson plus 225. Who's your pick? I think Dalby will win this fight, but I don't love the odds. I think Jesse Ronson's a live dog here. We've seen him have a lot of success. Like He's a guy, look at his first UFC run. 0-3, but he lost split decisions to Michelle Prezeris, Francisco Ronaldo, and Kevin Lee. None of those are bad losses. Like He had a tough time. Since going back to the regional scenes, he had some success. I know he's 1-2 since uh, his last three fights, but he fought Natan Schalte. That fight was made on like 24 hours notice in PFL. And then he went up to welterweight and got knocked out by Alex Shake, and that was another like two week notice camp. And then his last one, Troy Lampson, he submitted him in the first round. And Lampson's a guy the UFC's been high on for a while. I think Ronson is live here just because I think his grappling is pretty high level. But I don't love him at welterweight. I think he's better fifty five er. I think Dolby will be able to impose as well. He'd be a little bigger guy. I think he'll be able to edge out a decision. I'll be surprised if Dolby will finish Jesse Ronson, but I think it is possible to get like a late finish. But I have to lead towards Nicholas Dolby here. Yeah, I mean, I love Jesse Watson, man, but I think you definitely got to lean towards Nicholas Dolby in this fight, uh, just based on a few different things. I mean, I, I think he'll, like you said, be a little bit bigger. And I think that definitely is going to play a factor in this fight. He's kind of proven he can kind of grind on guys. Um, the win over Oliveira was pretty controversial in that, just the, the referee stand up in the third round. But, you know, overall, I mean, he's he's undefeated over his last five fights. He looked pretty good, um, knocking a couple of guys out there as well. He's a guy that's had quite a bit of experience in the UFC. Watson has two. Um, Ronson making his return to the UFC after, what, six years away. Again, you look at the losses he had the first time. Tough losses, man. Prezeris, Trinaldo, Lee. Those are tough losses. Um, it's a guy with a lot of experience. He does have some really nice wins over his career, over a bunch of UFC guys. So he could potentially play spoiler here, Cole, but I feel like Dolby is going to, like you said, neutralize him and, and grind a decision out. That's kind of how I see it. If Ronson can keep his standing, he can possibly have some success, but it's hard to pick him here, man, I think, just especially considering – I know he's coming off that win call, but he had lost two straight fights before that too. So, you know, a guy with a 21-10 and 10 record, he's a guy that can be beaten, obviously. So my pick, Nicholas Dalby wins a decision. All right, next up, I think this is the last fight in the prelims. Francisco Trinaldo against Jay Herbert. Great fight. Looking forward to this one quite a bit. Trinaldo minus 170, Herbert plus 150. Who's your pick? I'm going with the underdog and Jay Herbert here. I've been really impressed with him in uh, cage wars. He's looked really good on a long winning streak. His only loss is to Reese McKee. We'll talk about him a bit. Since then, he's been on a one, two, like a six, seven fight winning streak. He finishes a lot of his opponents early. He's had some first round finishes, had some third round finishes. And Toronto's a guy I just like to fade a little. I know he's on two fight winning streak. I don't think he beat Bobby Green. McDessie, it was a, McDessie's not a really high level. Before that loss to Alexander Hernandez, that was a close fight. He's a guy where I don't think he throws enough, and I think Jay Herbert's going to come in and throw volume. I think he's going to overwhelm Trinaldo, and I just think the volume's going to be the difference here. I think Trinaldo's probably the more powerful striker, but I think Herbert will land more punches and be more active, and I'll just look in the judge's eyes and he'll get a decision win here. Yeah. I'm with you on this one. I'm going to pick Jay Herbert to win as an underdog as well. I mean, there's some things to like about it, obviously. First off, the age difference, Cole. 32 against 41. Trinaldo's 41. He's the old man in this division. To be fair, this guy is still winning fights, man. So you got to have a lot of respect for Trinaldo. He's been around for a while now. He's a guy that's had a lot of success. He's had some really nice wins. Paul Felder, Jim Miller, Evan Dunham win was nice. So he's a guy that's been around and, and it's proven his worth, man. He is – he's like the gatekeeper of the top 15. So I, I, I really like Trinaldo, man. He's a guy that – he just kind of does his work, man. I know that it's not – especially lately been that entertaining to watch, but he's still getting his hand raised at this level. So that's impressive. A lot of people thought he beat Alexander Hernandez, too. He could easily be on a four-fight win streak right now. You know, Herbert, though, again, a lot younger, and six-fight win streak, finishing most of his opponents, couple or at least one UFC guy in there, King Carrizoza, not that he was great. That's the thing, though. I mean, level competition goal. That's what scares you a little bit here. I got to pick Herbert just because, again, age, momentum, all that stuff's in his favor. And, again, like you said, Trinaldo with that low-volume output, it's been winning in fights against other low-volume guys, but does it win him this fight? I don't know. My pick's going to be Herbert to win. I, I think a decision. Charles is really durable, so I think that's what's going to happen. But 
Again, Geraldo is a legitimate guy in the top 15 or just outside of it. And uh, if he wins, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I just think as a dog, I, I think there's value on Herbert here because I think it's closer to a pick-up cycle. So that's my pick in that one. All right, next up we have – all right, main card actually. UFC had this fight on one week's notice, and Kamzat Kameyev will be taking on Reese McKee. So Kameyev will have a chance to set a UFC record here with two wins within 10 days. Right now, Chess Skelly has the record, two wins within 13 days. In the modern day UFC, not including the tournaments. But yeah, uh, this should be an interesting fight. Cole, I mean, the betting line says that Kameyev is going to wipe out McKee. Kameyev minus 1,100, McKee plus 700. Who's your pick? Yeah, and it's interesting too because it's not only that he's fighting twice in 10 days, it's He's dropping down a weight class as well. He's dropping back down to welterweight. There's a natural weight class. You have to go to Maya. I think he's probably going to finish Bruce McKee, probably first, second round, TK or submission. But uh, you can't lay minus 1,100. You just have to kind of sit back and watch this fight. and Because really, there's no value. Because even, is there props on him? It, look at the inside the distance. It was like minus 400 when I checked. Yeah, so like... Yeah, minus 395. Like, there's not even value there. So, like, this is a fight you can't even bet at all. Chimaev should win. You just have to kind of sit back and watch. Yeah, unfortunately, you can't bet it because the line's too high. Minus 1,100. I mean, people will still throw them in their parlay, which I think 100% wins. Like, I, this would be the most shocking loss UFC history, maybe, if he loses. I doubt it, man. I, I think Kamea probably gets a stoppage in the first round here. But let's say McKee does tough it out. The one prop you could look at, because is going to win this fight. Kamea by decision is plus 525. Can you think of an angle where McKee is able to survive three rounds? Maybe. Like, let me look at Kamzat's record here. Like, has he gone distance before? Maybe. Let me take a look. Again, I think he's probably going to stop him, and that's why it's minus 400. Everyone thinks, though. Yeah, he's never been a distance. Most of his wins in the first round. Yeah, I mean, that's probably what's going to happen. I'm just saying, like, can, if you could think of an angle, because he's going to win for sure, at plus 525, take a shot on the decision prop. You know, that's something to think about. But, yeah, you know, Reese McKee, man, I think he's biting off more deacon to your Cole. You know, credit to this guy taking it in a short notice, but you know, especially watching um, that uh, video where Graham Doylan, I think Cage Warriors president, he's like, "Hey, you got the call up," and he's like, "Who am I fighting?" He's like, first off, he said the guy's name wrong. It's Kamzai, right?" And he called him Kazmat or something, and the guy's like, "I don't even know who that is." Uh, so I, that's the bad sign, man. Yeah, it's going to be. I don't have to explain what we're talking about. This Kamzai Kamev most likely inside the distance, but again, the odds are. Really not in your favor to bet that at minus 400. All right, next up we have a uh, welterweight belt between Alex Oliveira and Peter Sabata. And right now the odds for that fight have Alex Oliveira minus 160, Sabata plus 140. Who's your pick? I went with the underdog Peter Sabata. I know he hasn't fought in two years. Last loss, his last fight was a loss to Leon Edwards, not a bad loss. But I think this is a good style match for him. I think Peter Sabata is going to try to wrestle and wrestle early. I think he's a high-level grappler. I think it's him or Gunnar Nelson are probably the best grapplers in Europe in the UFC. I think he'll be able to take Oliveira down. I honestly think he'll be able to even maybe submit Oliveira or maybe T.O. ground pound him. I just think Oliveira, he's a guy, I I think he's slowing down a lot. Like He's on that three-fight losing streak. Beat Max Griffin. That was a really close fight. I know a lot of people that scored it for Griffin. He's someone, I just don't think he's as dangerous as he used to be. He obviously has a lot of power in his hands, but I just think after the first round, he seems to slow down. I think Sabata can take over. I'll pick Sabata by decision, but I wouldn't be surprised if he sinks in a submission or a TKO win. Yeah, I mean, I know you interviewed him, and I think he's a good fighter, but I, I kind of lean towards Oliveira a little bit here. Um, I, I just think he's a little bit more dangerous, man, especially with the striking. I think that's where Oliveira definitely shines. He's still good in the ground, too. Um, this guy has fought a lot of high-level guys and he's got some good wins, man. Tim Means, Carlos Condit, like, those are some solid wins. So this guy's fought, in my opinion, better competition. I know Sabata coming off the loss of Edwards two years ago to Tuchel. That's a long time to be away. He does have some decent wins. Dolby, Saunders, like, decent wins. He's had a couple stints in the UFC as well. I have been impressed by him in his second stint in the UFC. The first stint wasn't good. Second stint's been better. But Oliveira, to me, he's fought better competition. He's a little bit more dangerous. So Oliveira, and Sabata, he's been finished a couple of times. Yeah, I, I guess I lean towards Oliveira by knockout here. I think that's kind of have to go. So that's my pick. All right, next up, this is a fight that's not going to distance. Paul Craig against Gadzimurov and Tigulov. Close fight, the odds book. Uh, odds uh, have Craig minus 125 and Tigulov plus 105. Cool pick. I hate picking this guy, but I have to with Paul Craig. I just think the way to beat Paul Craig is to knock him out. And I don't think Eddie Gulov has that knockout power. 
but he's kind of that submission guy. He beats a lot of guys on the ground. He's really good jujitsu, but I think Paul Craig's probably ground game is a bit better. And we saw him have a draw against uh, Shogun Hua, where he almost finished Shogun Hua, which is, would have been a good win. I don't think this fight goes the distance. I wouldn't even be surprised if Paul Craig knocks out Andy Kulov, like gets a TKO or, and submits him. I think Craig's the better all-around fighter on the feet. I favor him on the ground. I think it's probably a push, maybe a slight lead to Craig, but I would not bet this fight. No way you can lay money on either of these guys. Yeah, I, I don't think you can either. Like, How could you be confident in either one of these guys? It's tough. I don't think this fight goes that long. Under one and a half round, I mean, I don't like under one and a half typically, but I don't see this fight going past the first round, Cole, to be honest. like, I think they're just going to go throw everything they have in their kitchen sink. And if it does go past first round, Craig probably does get the win. He's proven he can kind of survive late and, and come back and win. But that's what I don't like about Craig either, man. Like these wins where he's had, Cole, he was getting just beat up. So except for the Marrera win, but the other fights, Ankolev and uh, uh, Kennedy Nechekwu, like these fights, these are late comebacks after he was getting his ass whooped. Like I don't see much like about Paul Craig. I know he did have a competitive fight with Shogun. He looked good in that fight, so I'll give him credit. But Antigua is a very dangerous guy, man, not only with the submissions, but I think with ground and pound too. And I think if this fight stays in the feet, I would give Antigua the edge too because I think he can just be a little bit more wild and powerful. So going to go with Antigua, slight underdog here. That's my pick. It's a fade on Paul Craig. I, I want to fade both guys. You can't, though. So my pick is Antigua. I knock him. That's my pick, Cole. But this is <laughs> – we'll see what happens, guys. All right, next up, this is a fun fight. Carlos Barza against Marina Rodriguez, women's strawweight bout. Carlos Barza right now – or, sorry, Marina Rodriguez, minus 165. Esparza, plus 145. Give me your pick. This is a really close fight. I think this should be a pick and fight because Marina Rodriguez, like, she has them over Tisha Torres. If you look, only champions or future title contenders beat Tisha Torres. But there's a clear path to beat Marina Rodriguez, and that's wrestling. We saw Cynthia – that's how she has two draws against Miranda Marcos and Cynthia Calvillo. They're just able to out-wrestle and kind of hold her down. Asparza's a really good wrestler, but the problem I have with Asparza is she's kind of falling in love with her hands. We see that happen a lot. Like against Michelle Watterson, all she did was just stand. She stood against Alexa Grosso. Like this is someone that got she's on three fight winning streak, which is really like impressed because after that Suarez little, uh, loss when she was on two fight losing streak, I thought that was kind of it for her because she got dominated against Tatiana Suarez. But I have a slight lean. Uh, towards Marina Rodriguez here. I just think she'll use her size to kind of keep the fight standing, use her jab to keep the distance. But I think the underdog here is really live, and I wouldn't be surprised if Spurs have pulled out the upset win. Yeah, when this line came out, I was like, please hold as like a like a tight line here. Rodriguez opened it. Well, she opened it at minus 185, but at one point it was down to like minus 150. I was kind of hoping it'd stay there. Even though at when it's 165, I still lean towards her though, Cole. I, I just think at this point... This girl has shown a lot in the UFC where you have to like her quite a bit in this fight. I mean, she's technically only 2-0-2, which is kind of a weird record, but fought increasingly higher-level competition. You know, had the draw with Marcos in her debut. That's a solid performance. Beat Aguilar, beat Torres. That one looks good now. Had the close fight with Calvillo, man. That was super close. A lot of people thought, thought she won that fight. So, to me, there's a lot to like about her. She's undefeated, like I said, and uh, she's dangerous, man. Her striking is good. Her cardio is good. Now, Asparza, former champion, she's always counted out. Everyone just thinks she sucks, but she wins all these fights, man. Three-fight win streak. Um, she's proven she can hang with the big girls. You know, she's beat Rose. She's beaten Grasso. She's beaten Watterson, Morose, Calvillo. Like, she's being counted out in this fight. Ansarov's another one she has. Harry. Like, look at, look at the opposition, man. She's fought the best in the world for a long time. That's what also scares me about her. Like, at this point in her career, she's been taking more damage in her fights. And like you said, Colt, she's mostly a wrestler, but she's kind of been willing to stand trade. How does that work out here against Rodriguez, who's a very long, rangy striker with a lot of power? So my pick's Rodriguez, man. I think she batters Asparza on the feet, but is definitely a live dog, too, because of the wrestling. If she uses her wrestling, she can grind this fight out, especially if uh, she can just, like, uh, take her down and, and kind of impose her will. So we'll see what happens. All right, three fights left, guys. Long breakdown today. All right. Fabrizio Verdun against Alexander Gustafson. Heavyweight fight. Gustafson minus 340. Uh, Verdun plus 280. Wow. Crazy odds pick. These odds are crazy. I lean towards Alexander Gustafson. I just didn't like what I saw with Fabrizio Verdun against Alexia Linick. He looked like out of shape and he did, his cardio wasn't there. I think if his cardio wasn't there against Gustafson, Gustafson can have some success in the second and third round. 
the big question is what will Gustin look like now? He's coming out of retirement, moving up to heavyweight. I don't really know if I love the heavyweight movie. He didn't look like a mascot light heavyweight. He, he was submitted by Anthony Smith, so there is a possibility for you to redeem Smith. Um, I just think Gustin will be able to keep him. Uh, I don't think this fight goes a distance, so I think if Verdum wins, it's going to be a, a submission win. If Gustin wins, he's going to knock out Verdum. I'll favor Gustin to get the knockout, but you, the only bet you can make on this fight is taking the underdog. There's no way you can lay this kind of money on Gustin coming back. Yeah, the, the odds don't make sense to me, guys. I don't get it. Like, why is everyone so confident in Gustafson in this fight? He's a guy who's retired, like, what, twice now? He hasn't fought in a year. He had a really poor performance against Smith in his last fight. Um, also got knocked out by Jones before. I mean, obviously, you can discount that loss because look who he lost to. But he hasn't won a fight since May 2017 when he beat Glover. He was an amazing form in that fight. He destroyed Glover. He knocked him out brutally in the fifth round. Also beat Yan that same year or the year before that. So, we all know Gus, man. We've seen him fight many times. He is great. He is a legend of the light heavyweight division. There's a lot of question marks about him, especially moving to heavyweight uh, on like kind of this weird match against Verdum, who's I know he's 42. I know he looked terrible against Olenek. I know he hasn't won a fight since 2017, November 2017. He actually has a more recent win against Tabura, but Verdum's a dangerous guy. He's a big dude. He's got knockout power. He can submit you. He's fought the best of the best, man. Look at his wins. Cain Velasquez, uh, Big Nog, Bigfoot, Fedor, like Overeem. I mean, this guy's fought the best of the best for a long time, man. He's being written off. And honestly, I really want to pick Verdum. I just can't because of the last performance. If he didn't have that fight with Alina, I would have picked him here, Cole. I, I got to be honest. I would have just because I would have thought, yeah, you know what? You'll look better than that. He looked out of shape. He looked old. He looked slow. That's what I hate about him in a spot because Gustafson's going to be faster. He's going to be longer. He's going to be probably a little bit more just rangy. But there's a lot not to like about Gus in this spot, guys. I would not bet this fight. It's dogger pass for sure. For doing it plus 280 is not a terrible bet because it's a heavyweight fight and it's a guy who's proven time and time again he's an elite guy in this division. But, you know, just you have to fade him at age 42. He's turning 43 next week. You have to fade him here. I just think it's a really dangerous uh, fight to lay this kind of juice on, on a guy like Gustafson that – He's not that reliable as a late call. All right, next up, co-main event, guys. Almost there. Shogun Hua against Antonio Rogerio Noguera, the trilogy fight. They fought twice, once in Pride 2005, once in the UFC 2015. Shogun won decisions both times around. This fight, I believe it's Little Nog's retirement. Yeah. And Shogun, I don't think he said anything about that, but potentially it could be as well. So, you know, two legends of the sport, and some people are wondering why this would be co-main event, but to me it's just a respect thing, and I have no problem with that. Also, their last fight was great. It was Friday night. All right, man. Odds right now, Cole. Shogun minus 190. Little Nog plus 165. Who's your pick? I have Shogun who are winning this one and going 3-0 in the trilogy. And I think for the first time, it's going to be a stoppage win. I think I like Hua to stop uh, Nogueira. I don't – Nogueira's been knocked out a lot. Knocked out Ryan Bader. Uh, Ryan Spann knocked out, out cold. You look good against Sam Elliott, he did knock him out, but he hasn't fought since that knock loss to Ryan Spann. I think Hua still has that power. I think he, I was looking at the Hua inside the distance is plus 105, so you get plus money on it. I think this is the fight where you finally see a finish in this one, but I just think Hua is the better fighter. I think it's going to be, he's already proved he's beat him twice. I think this third fight, I don't think anything's going to change other than he gets a knockout win this time around. Yeah, they're both legends, and it's kind of a fun fight. Um... I'm going to favor Shogun, too. I mean, he is a little bit younger, 38, compared to 44 for Little Nog. Little Nog's really old, one of the oldest fighters right now. Uh, Little Nog, I saw his last fight in Spain and Brazil, and he got brutally knocked out. But cool, he's had some upsets the last couple of years, like the Sam Ellie fight, Patrick Cummins. He was the underdog in those fights. He came back and won those fights by brutal knockout. So these guys tend to stand a strike. I think this fight's going to stay in the feet. It'll be fun while it lasts. Probably doesn't go the distance this time around. Um, I'm leaving towards Shogun too. I think knockout. I think is a pretty realistic uh, chance here. But again, you know, Shogun's a guy that's been knocked out too, and he's an older guy too, Cole. So who knows? A little long catch him and, and possibly put him away. But yeah, I, I think Shogun probably wins this fight by stoppage. All right, get to the last fight here, guys, and I'll get to the comments, and then we'll get out of here. All right, main event in the evening, best fight in the card, most important fight in the card. Winner, especially if it's Till, probably gets a title shot against the winner of Izzy and Costa. And right now we have Darren Till. Uh, actually, Robert Whitaker is a slight favorite. It just depends on the book. It's basically a pick 'em though. Um, Whitaker minus one twenty, Till plus one hundred. This fight's 
close, man. It's going to be an interesting one to see how it plays out, Cole. I want to hear your pick. I don't think it's as close as the odds. Like, I think Robert here is going to win this fight. I think he's going to win this fight rather easily. I just think that lost Adesanya, you can't really... Adesanya is in a class of his own. Two wins over Yoel Romero. I like that he took time off. I think it just helped him because he was getting rocked off. And I think that helps his chin. He said he's found that uh, fire again, which will be good. But Darren Till, I just, I picked him to beat Calvin Gas. I think we both did. He was an underdog there. But I just think this is a two-step up. You have Tyron Willie that finished him. You have Jorge Miles that finished him. I think Robert Whitaker can get another stop, which went over Darren Till here. I think he's going to wrestle Darren Till. I think he's on the feet. I think he's the better striker. I think he's the harder striker. I just think he throws more volume, too, where if it goes to the Till Edge decision, I think Whitaker wins this fight. I think he'll win by probably fourth-round stoppage. Wow, you're way more confident Whitaker than I am, man. I just don't see how you can be that confident, Cole. Till showed really good form in that Kelvin Gaston fight. I'm picking Till, man. Uh, to me, like, this is a close fight. This is a super close fight, guys. I wouldn't bet on this fight. Even though I'm picking Till as a dog, I wouldn't touch it because I think it can go either way. Don't get me wrong. I'm not writing Robert Whitaker off. I have to make a pick, though, cool. And I just think there's a few things going towards Till here. I think he's got a little bit more momentum coming into this fight. Whitaker is great, but he's had a lot of injuries the last few years. Um, he basically fights once a year now at this point. Till is a little bit more active. Uh, Till, I think, at 185 is a great weight class for him, man. 170 is not a good weight class. Till has, a, I think, one-inch reach advantage, so it's going to be close. But I think Till a little, is a little bit bigger. Um, the one thing that worries me is the volume. Uh, Whitaker, I think, does throw more volume if you look at the stats. And Whitaker is dangerous, man. I mean, he does have legitimate knockout power and um, his ground game is a little bit underrated as well. But uh, coming off the knockout loss to Adesanya, I question how durable his chin is going to be in this fight until he's a big boy. He does have some knockout power at times. Um, I don't know if it goes uh, the distance or not. It's hard to say. It could go five rounds. The fight with Thompson did go five rounds. So maybe this one does as well. But uh, yeah, it's a close fight. I just slightly lean towards Till. Um, we'll take some comments here. Andre, what's up, guys? What's going on, man? He likes Rob too, but Kenshiro likes Till. So we'll see what happens. Um, Damon says, Rodun looked like garbage in the last fight. He did, but so did Gus. So I don't like those odds. Gus, big boy Gus Sim will become a true Viking this Saturday bath in Rodun weak blood. That's funny. Um, Kenshiro, gorilla size Till will be hard to knock out. Robert isn't known the instant KO. Power guy to lay big belly Till down. I think Till's durability is going to weigh up at 185. I know he got knocked away by Mazadol, um and got submitted by Woodley, but I think at 185 will be better. We'll see what happens, though. I mean, he could easily lose this fight. I'm not confident by any means. I'm just surprised how confident you are calling Robert Whitaker. I just don't see why you'd be so confident in him, man, coming off the loss to Adesanya. Like, and even the Romero fight, he got, bro, he got hurt bad in that fight. Took a lot of damage, a lot of injuries. We'll see what happens. He could easily win. Um, I think for the division, though, it's probably better if Till wins. I'll say that. I think you could agree with that. Um, this guy's got a few fight announcements, Cole, and then we'll get out of here, man. I don't want to keep you too long. Um, Izzy and Costa just mentioned it. Looks like it's going to happen at UFC 253. I know you talked to Valid. Um, is that fight close to being confirmed now? Yeah, both sides, both fighters signed. That's what Valid said. He said they both signed. I don't think the UFC want it to be announced yet just because I think they're still kind of waiting on Habib, and I don't think it was a good luck for them to get that get out. But I Dana White only gets mad at fight announcements when it's something that gets announced. Like we saw him when Ariel leaked Brock Lesnar, how mad he was. Yeah. I think this fight's done. While he said both guys signed, Costa was even tweeting about it. So I think I think it's going to happen, but I, I can see why Dana was probably mad because they probably wanted to give a beat more time to see if he was going to fight September and then maybe push them back to that October card. Yeah, that's going to be a great fight. And the odds right now, uh, they have... Well, it's close. I mean, Adesanya minus 160, Costa plus 130, so pretty competitive. Obviously, Adesanya is a slight favorite here, but, uh, man, I don't know. This is another tough fight to call. I don't know who I'm picking in that one yet. Oh, yeah, either. I, I, no. I don't think – I think it's someone's getting knocked out. I don't think – there's no way that fight goes five rounds. No way. I doubt it. I think I didn't think the Romero fight would either. The other fight I want to talk about quickly, Joanne Calderwood's coming back actually next week against uh, Jennifer Maya, so an important fight – at the 125-pound division. Calderwood was set to fight Shevchenko, but Valentina's hurt right now. I think she has a knee injury, so he's going to be out for a little while. I can't blame Jojo for taking another fight, man. I actually think it's a great idea. Stay sharp, stay ready. And stylistically, this is a good fight for her. I think it's Jennifer Maya, uh, who I think is a pretty durable fighter, pretty experienced. I just feel like uh, 
Joanne could probably just grind a decision to Oklahoma and obviously just make an easy paycheck here. I, I favor her quite a bit in this fight. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with that. And I think even if she loses, then it makes the UFC's decision a lot easier who gets the next title shot. Just go Cynthia Calvillo, here you go. No, I, I still think Cynthia probably should get it, personally. I, if, I, if I was the matchmaker, I'd give it to her. It's hard to rip away a title shot when we already got it. But who knows? Maybe that's what's going on, too. Maybe the UFC's like, we're going to wait for, uh, you know, Valentina and then give her Cynthia, but I think if Joanne wins, it'd be hard to deny her um, if she does get the win in this fight. Uh, Jennifer Maya, by the way, 2-2 two two in the UFC, coming off a loss to Kaylin Chukagan. Um, she could jump back and tell potential with this win, but I don't know if she gets it done. And uh, just looking at, you know, space and news quick, really quickly, Cole, I want to get out of here, but uh, Gilbert Burns is COVID-free, so that's great to hear. Gilbert Burns will be taking on Kamar Usman later this year. No idea when. Um, September's done with that pay-per-view. I believe there's two pay-per-views yeah. in October. So I think Usman versus Burns makes sense as one of those cards headlining that card. You know, Burns loves staying active. Usman doesn't love to be super active by any means, but I think he'll take that fight in October if the UFC needs him to take it. Be a good fight. I think that Usman was the favorite, uh, like minus 200 before the betting odds closed um, when Burns got scra uh, scrapped from the card. So I expect Usman to be probably an even bigger favorite now after being Maslow, but that's a good fight call. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know what's going on with Woodley and Covington. A lot of people were asking about that. It seems like Colby signed his side of the deal and Woodley wants to fight at a later date. I, I know you talked to Dan Lambert. You'll, you'll plug that later, Cole, but is that fight close to being done at this point? Or? No, I think it's Woodley wants to cover. Sorry, Dan's not even with Colby anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we don't really know what's going on with that at this point, but it probably does get done. UFC likes that matchup. And... Man, I don't get it, but Dana White, again, not saying that Aljo's getting that title shot at 135. I feel like Cody might slip it and get it, Cole. I know he's saying 125 now, but if I think if the UFC wants Cody to fight for the belt against Yan, it's a good fight. It's a fun fight. I don't think it makes sense necessarily, but would you be surprised they did that, Cole? No, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I think it makes sense. Yeah. I, mean, I love Aljo, though. He's great. Marias is another guy. Should get a little bit more love. Um, what else? Dana's still saying that Habib's putting a fight by the end of the year, and so is Ali. So mm, we'll see. I mean, they're both kind of, I think, uh, being really optimistic about that. If I'm Habib, I'd probably take a, the rest of the year off. But, you know, that's not, it's up to him. It's really his call. Maybe he wants to get back in there and just forget what's going on right now. All right, let's get to a few comments here, guys, and we'll get out of here. Andre, do you feel this is a must win fight for Rob? Um, Yes and no. I mean, he's still relatively young at age 29. He's still an elite guy. But if he wants to really stay in that title mix right now, he needs to get the win. What do you think, Cole? I don't think it is. I think he's he's still young enough where he can bounce back. I think it's – I think it, I don't know. I think the UFC probably is hoping he loses because I think they can get more. Tilver's Adesanya like, would be a bigger fight than an Adesanya-Whitaker rematch. Yeah. Damon says he's got Till as well, and he says Rob didn't look dangerous at all last time out. I mean, that was against Izzy, though, so got to keep that in mind. But, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's going to be a close fight. Eduardo Flores, what's going on, man? Old parting shot listener. Do you have any news on Lebanese heavyweight Charbel Diab? He trained with Edmund and is undefeated. You know about this guy, Cole? No. Let me take a vote here. 4 and 0 He's from Lebanon. He is uh, yeah, 4-0 with four wins by knockouts. I don't know about this guy now, to be honest. He hasn't fought in over a year, though. Um, hopefully Ali signs him because then he'll get in the UFC. So that's what he needs to do right now. He needs Ali to be his representative. Last question here, Andre. Where does Max go after that loss to Alex? It's such a good question. Like I said, it reminds me of Edgar and uh, Benson Henderson. You know, Benson winning two close fights and then Edgar kind of being uh, muffed on that division. At the time, 155. He went down to 145. I don't think there's as clear of a path for Max. He can't go to 135, obviously. 155 is possible, though. So we'll see what happens. He's still one of the best guys in the world, but it might take a few months off, man. He's been fighting so much the last few years. Like, I think it's caught up to him a little bit. But he did look good, I thought, in the last fight. So what are your thoughts, Cole? I think he fights Calvin Cater. Yeah. Oh, you think I, so? Yeah, that, yeah. that fight, man. That'd be a fun one. Yeah, I you interviewed Calvin after the fight? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, he wants that fight too, right? So that'd be a fun one. Um, Eduardo Flores, who should be next for Kiesi? He wants a top five guy, but Neil wants to fight him. Jeff Neil, bro, it really makes me sad. Jeff Neil, he, I, I was in Vegas last December when he knocked out uh, Mike Perry. 
He's in Fawson. That's sad. That doesn't make sense, Cole. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. Like, there's got to be somebody you can fight in the top 10 or top 15. Like, come on. Get this guy a fight, man. As far as Kiesa goes, right now he's ranked number eight. Um, I can't remember if he said Damian Maia, I think he mentioned at one point, or Colby Covington he said he wanted. He won't fight Covington, but Damian Maia would be a fun fight goal against Kiesa. Any, I don't know if Damian Maia is even going to fight again, though, at this point. Maybe one more fight. Any thoughts on Kiesa? I don't think Kiesa is as far where he's probably going to have to fight down. Like, yeah. uh, if you just look who's above him, Damian Maia, I don't know his, uh, if he's going to fight. Stephen Thompson, I can't see him taking the fight. Woodley's kind of matched with Covington. Mazadal, Edwards, Burns are not going to fight him. So I think the only one above him that possibly would fight him is Damian Maia, but who knows if Maia's going to get a fight. I agree. All right, Cole. I think that's it for today, guys. Really appreciate you guys tuning in as always. I know that uh, Ken Sure asked about Bellator earlier. I'm not doing that today. I'm going to do it on Friday. I just We talked way too much today, guys. <laughs> it's a 15-fight breakdown. That's enough. I'll say Bellator for Friday. But, yeah, it's nice that Bellator's back and nice there's odds as well. All right. That's it for today, Cole. I want you to plug all your stuff, man. Uh, Twitter, at ColeShot91. The podcast, BG Pen's up. It's Dan Lambert, Peter Spoda, Ricky Mandejas. Uh, stories up with all them. Stories up with Jesse Ronson as well. Fighter picks for Whitaker Till. And then everything else is on my Twitter. Awesome, man. Definitely check that out, guys. Cole's doing a great job with that podcast at BJ Pan. Let's help grow Cole, Cole grow his podcast as well. And this one too, guys. You know, I really yeah. um more subscriptions. Like we're trying our best, honestly. Like we're grinding. I know there's a lot of MMA podcasts out there. I think me and Cole do a great podcast though. And I think that, you know, it should be a little bit bigger than it is. So that's my personal thoughts. Obviously, I'm biased since I am hosting the show, but I think we do a solid show and I hope you guys enjoyed it. So you guys can follow me on Twitter at MM Adam Martin and I'm available at MMAoddsbreaker.com, BJPen.com, MMARings.net. And uh, yeah, check me out there and, and all the stuff I'm posting. And I said, I'll be back Friday for the next podcast call. I really appreciate you joining me today and to break down this card. You'll be back with me next Tuesday to break down that uh, card back at supposedly the UFC Apex. So Holly Holm, Irene Aldana, that's next Tuesday. But until then, guys, have a great rest of the week, and I'll be back on Friday to break down the tour.